dog. I just opened this up onto 92 and it says Jack Mormon. In this area, the in this era, those sympathetic to members of the Masonic Lodge were sometimes called Jack Masons. Thomas Sharp mimicked that phrase and coined the term Jack Mormon. Dude. Yeah. Now we know where what we are came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, Jack Mormon simply meant someone who was sympathetic to or a friend of the Mormons. In recent times, the term has changed, meaning to generally refer to someone who is a Mormon that does not live the teachings of the church. Like Brad Whitbeck. What? Well, yep. you? Are you Jack? Look hey, at this beard. Look at this beard. You well, think I'm on my, in my word, I'd have to ask you to shave it or would pull your scholarship. Your yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Are you at BYU then? BYU-Idaho, Rexburg. And they have an honor code. And an By the way, if that's not an indictment of the cultural stupidity of the honor code, the fact that the dude who grew his beard out to play King Mosiah in the actual Book of Mormon movie that is going to be card. shown to the students <laughs> via so, the school university. So, Brian, under- here's the weird thing that happened. Okay, Brad. They wouldn't let me grow the beard until I had been cast. Oh, really? They gave me but a beard the card. casting department... I have students that have beer cards, and they're really easy to get. You just have to go in and say, it's my culture. I feel more comfortable. They, we don't withhold I know, them. but I couldn't say that because I couldn't lie. I was like, but they, they they wouldn't allow me to get a beard card unless I had already been cast. But the casting department wouldn't, wouldn't cast me unless I had a beard. <laughs> so I was catch-22. Yeah, so, so I, I just kind of grew it anyway, and... Strategically went to the testing center. <laughs> if you're suggesting that the honor code is similar to the Sadducees' excessive laws of the Sabbath that Jesus Christ was Pharisees. speaking against at uh, the Pharisees, like and and that it's become excessive cultural uh, norms imposed in on. lieu of spiritual growth and modesty, <laughs> there I are am, parts of it uh, that are you, a hedge around the law. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Well, you know, um, false let me narrative, just... Garden. It's not in lieu of, it's in supplemental with. Okay, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to drop this bomb on our resident, resident, uh, what do we call BYU Idaho bishop here. I'm going and I'm looking up Hugh Nibley. The haircut has become, and, and we're going to read this quote. <laughs> A test no. of virtue. I've got to almost memorize. And you're going to tell me what you think of this one. Now, when was it given? And who was it given to? This This is Hugh Nibley. And it's the real w- questions. What did you say? When was it given? Yeah. Is it for our And time? who was it given to? Who was it given to? Uh, Context. It was, now it was, you're sounding like, no, like it was Justin. His, it was his famous, good not goodbye speech, but it was his famous speech... Um, I'm looking for the best graphic here because there's always one with him behind it. Oh, it's this one here. Oh, searing indictment. Okay. The worst sinners. So here it is. We're sure that the worst sinners, according to Jesus, are not the harlots and the publicans, but the religious leaders with their insistence on proper dress and grooming, their careful (laughs) observance of all the rules, their precious concern for status symbols, their strict legality, their pious patriotism. The haircut becomes the test of virtue in a world where Satan deceives and rules by appearances. Dog, what say ye? 
what say ye? The haircut has become a test of virtue in a world where Satan rules and deceives by appearances. A searing indictment of the honor code and Brad's beard card. What do you say to that, dog? Well, what, what's a historical context and who was he speaking to? Well, people can say that about, well, what's the historical context yeah, well, of am. the Apostle Paul when he says a man should not lie with a man? They were a bunch of bigoted Jews back then. Yeah. And our society has evolved now, so we really need yeah, to accept uh, gay marriage no, 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 because no, no. what's the context? Things, man. How is that different? It's, you know, How is that line of reasoning different? Walking them, you know, barefoot. If we're not willing know? to indict our own honor code and say this has become <laughs> cultural suburbanism that has become Look. so intertwined with religiosity that we need get rid of it because modesty is an internal principle, as Jesus said, not an external principle. Okay. If we're not willing to modify our own honor code, Car Carden, does does God talk to his prophets and apostles? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did he not talk Who, to him? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So the prophets and apostles are on the director are the directors of the church university system, right? Yeah, but Don't crap, they sit on the crap board? gets through. All these CRT so, professors that are on quick media talk, uh, literally having the students. CRTs well, no, but hold on. Uh, we, I we, do have a question here that's... Yeah. Brian, do you know who came up with the honor code, Prohibition on Beards? Which one? What time? The one at BYU Idaho that I'm involved with? No, I don't. Uh, BYU Provo. Uh, I think they've had beards in the past, and then they've not had beards. It no. was the BYU Student Association. Okay, and, it wasn't and the policy profits. Was, it wasn't a top-down thing. It was a bottom-up. So, so the policy was approved by the BYU Board of uh, Director or Board of what do they call them? That the the apostles sit on. It was approved. Okay. By people above, but it was made by people down in yeah, I'd the, like to see the history. group I'm not of the with that. And and so to me that suggests it's not the I, same as like a revelation that's trying to show us how we should be running things. It was a commitment that was made in the sixties by students who were trying to live a lot, specifically eschewing beards because it was a hippie sort of thing and they were wanting to show that they were sticking with God. It was one of the only places that was actually still playing the national anthem during the Vietnam War, right? But yeah. um, I think that when you look at this, the honor code as we have it right now, a lot mm -hmm. of it came from students upward, got they, passed, and then just got kind of left there, right? I, I I don't know the history of it or well, the yeah. reasons behind it. Well, no, he just told you the history. Well, part of it. I I'm could be sure, wrong. I'm sure there's I, I, a lot I'm, I'm open to, to the idea that, like, because that's what I've heard. Okay, but this is my concern. The church does really, 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 really poorly when we engage in bottom-up politics, policies, policies and procedures. Yeah. Okay? We do really, really I, well. I, I can't speak to... I, I, I when don't. we do top-down. Like, for example, when Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were top-down in it, saying all men get baptized because all men are child children of God. We're all of a sudden ahead of the curve on mm. race relations. It's not until we start getting the pressure from Sidney Rigdon who returned from the South where they had the curse of Cain doctrine. It's not until we start getting political mm. pressure from the U.S. government that already chased us out of two states and already sent two armies to try and kill us that we want to get that statehood. You know, it, it's not. And until then we... Zebedee Coltrane yeah, it's... saying that we, we weren't allowed to baptize slaves. So, so... Which is accurate, but then... 
twisted. Yeah, so it's 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 not see when when all of a sudden we succumb to the bottom up forces, we do really poorly. And interestingly enough, all of the progmos and all of the woke apologists that are trying to push all of their woke policies, whether it's uh, what's the latest one is polyamorous gay ceilings or whatever. Right. They're all using the cosmology of Joseph Smith and the King Follett discourse, literally saying, I heard Patrick Q. Mason in a Faith Matters podcast literally say where we are right now in LGBTQ rights in the church is not where it needs to be. And it's going to be our pressure from the bottom up. That ends yeah. up getting us there. And we've trained these progmos. We've trained these people that hate us to think that the way to get us to change is applying the same kind of pressure you do on political institutions. Right. And I think we would actually get rid of that and untrain them if we actually said things like there's no top down reference to having a beard in the honor code at BYU. We're getting rid of it. Well, that was a big circle. No, it was a big story. We're talking about blacks and then the priests and Zebedee. No, but it's a methodology. If the methodology of creating the beard prohibition at BYU came from the BYU Student Union, from a bottom up exercise that was a response to the cultural sexual Mm. revolution of the 60s, it should be eschewed as old cultural Mm. baggage. But it's not getting eschewed. In fact, it's getting canonized practically. By a generation that remembers those old arguments and refuses to get rid of them because they think that by getting rid of them, they're getting rid of values that they held at that time when they don't realize the values have uh, already been passed on to generation. That's what? A, I mean, th- what you're saying you know, is logical. I think there's probably a lot more to it than that. And I can't speak to that because that's not my area of expertise. I'm that's sure. Fair. I'm sure there's people in our honor code office that could come and maybe shed some more light on it. Let's that would be an interesting conversation. I've got I, a good I'm looking up in the right now. So say, I, you know, are you going to hook us up, dog? If you want to, I'll see if he'll come or, <laughs> or, or Zoom call with you. Because I really don't know. Uh, you know, there's there's so much. The church, you know, I'll tell you one really interesting thing. I've, you know, I spent some time with people at the church history department. Went, met with a guy about three weeks ago, and he says, people forget we're a religious institution. Um, I've got a deer steak present. We've we've talked some t- tonight. I apologize for being just a little bit out of here. Um, we, the mission of the church is to bring exalting ordinances to the people, and and yeah. and our our situation is we have a goal to bring our ward members to their next ordinance. Some are not endowed. All of them are not sealed. Okay, that is the mission as they live the gospel of Jesus Christ and grow in the gospel. But we we have a goal that we are to assist them in in that. So we've got this, we get beat up with our church history. We're not a historical society. So they say four balls or five balls. It was a tribute to the prophet's mantle yeah. of Joseph. Please don't treat the church like a historical association. You'll miss the point. Right, that's yeah. not what the church is here for. We're to bring the gospel to the world and exalt people and bless the lives of, of people through humanitarian aid and somebody writes down the wrong date or how many wounds is wrong. That's and then not what we're down, about. They end up they doing do gotcha movie. questions. Yeah, which they, is they, they end up doing movies. Yeah, you really hate that movie, dog. I know, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was hardcore. And so you think I got a gotcha question in because I wrote down the time where you had some completely wrong 
Sorry, I didn't uh, mean to do a gotcha question on him. Uh, the, yeah, uh, and well, I, I don't think that that was your intent either. I thought no. it was actually a good way to show that you did your homework, right? Yeah, I you... watched it and taken notes, but yeah, you know. And so sometimes when we have our discussions about this and that other topic, we got to really hone it back and say, well, you know, is this something just ancillary out there? The church is doing ninety eight percent of its resources and well, thoughts. Well, if it in is just direction. ancillary, if it is just ancillary, yeah. isn't it that much easier to just get rid of? Guys, I might charged. be wrong though, Carden. I don't know. It's I just like... looked it up and found um, it was actually Ernest L. Wilkinson in nineteen sixty nine that started the uh, dress and grooming standards oh. in a letter to uh, student, the parents of students. And then it was later put out in the school newspaper. Um, I don't think I don't know if he specifically referenced beatniks in that um, but it was letter, that or period. if that was in an earlier address. But it looks like it was from Wilkinson. It may not have been the BYUSA. Like okay, I was but told that before. doesn't change the fact. If we, if he wants to use, if Brian wants to use the excuse before I'd That's even read excuse. the quote. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, fine. If you want to use the reasoning. Let okay. me say, okay, if you want to use the reasoning, Brian, before I'd even read the Hugh Nibley quote, hey, hey, what's the context yeah, in what history saying? was it written? And if we want to say that you must necessarily contextualize the quote, if we're going to use that reasoning to contextualize the Hugh Nibley quote Some? in order to disregard it, why can't we use that same reasoning to contextualize Wilkinson's beard rule maybe, maybe in the yeah. honor code in order to dismiss it? Because it wasn't given in a vacuum. It wasn't implemented in a vacuum. I don't know the context. This is not my area of, of expertise. Okay. But if you want to talk about Jack I want us to be consistent here. Internal and I think, uh, Cardin, it's totally reasonable to start off with, okay, if we're going to talk about a quote, I want to know who it was said to and when it was said. Like, that's... That's how we know a lot of what we know about how to understand a lot of what Paul said. They were both said almost within a year of each other, it looks like. Okay. The hair has become a test of virtue. I think he literally gave that quote in 1969 or 1970. Oh, in response to Wilkinson? No, that, that, well, it was his famous, like, it was, it was a talk that he gave at graduation where he also had uh -huh. that beautiful quote where he said, um, in the end, uh, in the final judgment, I think will actually be a very simple exercise um, it'll be a lot simpler than we think. Um, yeah. And he alluded to the fact that the Lord would ask us two questions. Did you repent and did you forgive? Hmm. Because he thought the, the gospel ultimately boiled down to those two acts. And that within the answers of those two simple questions, somebody's Christianity could be assessed in terms of the judgment, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's a very famous Hugh Nibley speech that he gave. And now that we're talking about Wilkinson in 1969, if memory serves me correctly, it was the late 60s that Hugh Nibley made this. It was a, what do they call graduation? Commencement, commencement. speech. Commencement. It was a commencement speech, I huh. think, that Hugh Nibley gave. Oh, interesting. Look, anytime. You should I, send me that. I that, is, that, that is interest, interesting and in, in, in the times and what was going on, uh, how it fits in. And, and maybe that was the uh, foundation. And they said, hey, these are good things. It's, it's, uh, we're having having students of the gospel better if we have something He's like this. He's an honor code knows? apologist. No, yeah. uh, but I do think this is a good, I think this is a great thing, Brian, because um, I'm curious to know, because um, this kind of ties back into a conversation we've had before, mm -hmm. like at what level of disagreement with things within the church 
do you end up being, uh, are you no longer sustaining your leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, we've jokingly had Cardin be like, Right. Mad about Elder Uchtdorf and the, no, um, the what is it? The donation to the, to the Democrat Party that went yeah, through I, his I family. Heard that one. Yeah. yeah, and so um, like I'm like, Cardin, you can't possibly be actually sustaining the brethren if this is your attitude. So no, I sustain my attitude, him as I DVR past his speech to get to the other one that I sustained <laughs> just a little bit more. So for me, am I am I at the point of? Is it not sustaining my leaders if I think that the honor code is um No, here's here's outdated. here's the problem. Here's here's the and problem. pharisaical in some ways. Uh, you know what? Okay. You're not recording this, are you? The uh, oh yeah, yeah, but we'll okay. just if it's good, we'll keep it. If not, we'll just toss it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And if it'll get you fired, he will he'll get rid of and it. No, if it'll get you fired, that's when we leverage it against you. Oh my uh, God. For free Sorry. copies of your get. My son has got his. This is what happens when you bring kids okay. to the studio. So here's the Brother. deal. <laughs> I had a son that was really good at basketball. In I or have, out of wedlock before I had four sons. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my number two. <laughs> so my number one son loves basketball. My number two son was just an outstanding shooter. He just had the gift. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll get into the, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. You guys, do you guys play any sports? Do you play football or anything? Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. all CIF volleyball. There you go. Yeah. So check this out. So most kids are pretty good at basketball. Uh, and we were in the second largest um, uh, classification of high, uh, high schools. Um, like the biggest uh, division? Yeah, the biggest Like division. 5A? So 4A. We were 4A, 4A okay. 5A, and 5A was the largest. Now we didn't have 6A. So um, like most good basketball players, he, he started every game as a senior on, on the varsity. Okay. He started every varsity game, everyone, as a junior. He started every varsity game as a sophomore, and he started every single varsity game as a freshman. Four years straight, he never missed a start, never was sick, never was injured, never was good, not good enough. And we had college coaches from all over, including Steph Curry's coach, came to our house to recruit my son. Really? Dude. From Davidson, Bob McKillop. Great guy. Love that guy. So, because my son wasn't a, the best basketball player. He ended up setting NCAA records. He was a great three-point shooter. He had one outstanding skill, and he was kind of you know okay on the other. He's he's probably going to hear this and say, "Dad." Yeah. Yeah. So was that so, Spencer that gave us the no, super chat? No, that was that was Jared. Well, so I was, like Spencer more because he gave us a super chat. So Jared was Jared's like player of the year in school, and you know he's team captain in college, and, and that was a kind of a story. He was recruited to University of San Francisco and played against BYU, but uh, his coach got fired while he's on his mission. So anyhow, so. As these coaches came, I said, well, what's the deal? I said, well, in Division One basketball, it's kind of all scholarship or nothing. Like in baseball, it's a quarter scholarship, and in football, they can split one. But in Division One basketball, it's, it's everything. I said, so what's the obligation? And and Rick, Rex Walters, who played in the NBA that would come to our house, and, and as well as uh, Mark Pope, who's now the BYU coach, uh, he and Leanne would come to our house to recruit my son. He wasn't the coach at BYU at the time. But they sent out the paperwork. They sent it to me, and I'm a, I'm a reader, so I read it. I read the paperwork. And it says, if you take our money, you play by our rules. And the rules are that if we have practice, regardless of the time, 10 o'clock at night or 5 o'clock in the morning, you come to practice. And it doesn't matter if you're starting. It doesn't matter if you're playing. It doesn't matter if you're academically ineligible. It doesn't matter if you're injured. You take our money. You play by our rules. You come to our school. And you live, you, you do our thing, or if you don't show up, 
you don't do what we say, we pull your scholarship. Yeah, and so you're, uh, I just want to see if I can jump ahead of your analogy here. Uh, you're saying that you signed on for the auto code, so you have to obey it, right? So here's the deal. We don't have basketball scholarships at BYU-Idaho. But do you know what the average, the average United States tuition a year at a private university is? Oh, yeah, no. The church is oh, so much higher. It's $36,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the church's tithing pays 77% of our cost as a student. Last, last year it was $36,000. And you know what the tuition at BYU-Idaho is? A year, four, four grand a year, four thousand two hundred. Yeah. So every oh! one of my, so every one of my students in my Whoa. ward gets a thirty-one thousand eight hundred dollars scholarship, so to speak. They don't sign an athletic scholarship form like my son did when he went to play Division One basketball, but they sign an equivalent, which is the honor code, and it says you come to the school, you take the money, you agree to live these six things. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get case it. Case closed. But no, but see, you, that, you don't want to. You want to wear a beard. You're Idaho making State a different. No, you're making a different argument. <laughs> I'm not saying whether or not you obey the rule because mm-hmm. whenever people would complain about it, mm-hmm. and and because oftentimes people would come to me because for some reason, people think I'm some kind of like super rebel liberal person. Like I, I guess that just culturally. So that beer behind you. If you're, yeah. you're chucking a decent yeah. beer behind you. Is that it's a, it's a Dr Pepper Zero? I promise, Mom. I promise. Um, but like for some reason, people always think I'm like super liberal when they meet me. Maybe it's just because I did stand up comedy. Maybe it's just because yeah. I like entertainment. I don't That's know what where it I know is. You're from. Okay. But oftentimes they think that they're the ones that can confide in me some kind of mm-hmm. you know angst, or else maybe I just I don't know. I'm approachable. I don't know. But I would all the time have people complain to me because I'm vocal about how stupid I think the honor code is, mm-hmm. right? And they talk about how like, oh, and I, I'd always tell them this. I'd be like, look, I agree. I think it's stupid. Really stupid. At the same time, Brosef, you signed that paper. Yeah. Like, like you signed that paper. It's and not my and you have to be willing to take these stupid boomers with all of their warts because... Yes, it's a giant wart. The dumbness of the beard. In a world where Satan literally deceives through appearances, our church has found fit to perpetuate a stupid yeah. honor quote in which we judge well, books by their cover. All right. At the same time, though, that same church and those same boomer leaders are paying thirty-one grand a year scholarship right now, and out of the goodness of their hearts, are, are literally subsidizing your world-class education facilities and campus. Something yep. to the tune of seventy-seven percent. So mm-hmm. unless you come, unless you come up with thirty-four k, I think just shaving is worth thirty-four thousand dollars. In fact, and there's I, only three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. Divide thirty-four grand by three hundred and sixty-five, you get like five hundred dollars a day. You're getting paid to shave, and it's even more than that because it's just the semesters. But um, no, that, I totally agree year. with you one hundred percent, Brian. So, I'm that if sure you if, really if you signed stupid. the honor code, you should live it.